What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Middlecoff! Abe's! It's like football kicks off and there's topics coming out of our ears. I don't, know, I don't know what to do or where to start, guy. Uh, here's the first thing you should do. You tweeted it. I retweeted it. We'll keep tweeting it out. Go sign up for the Haberman and Middlecoff Ham Pod DraftKings game. 200 spots. Get in, get in, get in. Does not include the Thursday game. It includes Sunday's games and includes Monday night's games for the NFL. 15 games total, guy. 15 games total. We got 200 spots. I checked about five minutes ago. There are already three spots taken. Now one, I think, is me and you. Yep, that's and then other, it, it, It's going to fill up, guy, and it's going to fill up fast. Last year, we did it, and we got ambitious. This year, I know, just because I, I see how diehard people that are listening to the show are. Promo code HAM. Get in the game. DraftKings games are sweet, at least when you pick the right players. Uh, it's it's really hard week one, just because it's somewhat of a guessing game. Yep. Uh I, I'm I'm fired up, guy. I'm fired up, and I plan on I, I did top fifteen get some cash, so two hundred people top fifteen. You know that would be what's five seven percent. Ten yeah, seven, um, ten, seven and a half ten dollar buy in. Ten dollar buy in. Uh, I, I thought about going winner take all, but that it's you know take a lot of people not making anything. So you get top fifteen place. Fired up, guy. Fired right. up already. Uh, Already thinking about my squad. Remember last year, people got mad at us for saying who our squads were. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't tweet out your squad. Uh, but I, the day that I placed, I remember in one of our games, I had Amari when he had like the three hundred yard game and seven touchdowns on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was, that was my claim to fame so far <laughs> in my DraftKings career. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my high. I'm looking here. I think my high finish. There was one weekend where you and I were like neck and neck for a while. You know what I don't understand, midst. guy? Yeah. Is being a DraftKings guy and never played fantasy. I, how could you be fantasy, given how many injuries there are, you're locked to your team? Is is that fun? Especially when you pick a shitty team? That's a shitty season. Like yeah. the good thing about DraftKings, you pick a bad team one week, boom. Next week, you pick a brand new team. I, 
I wouldn't be inclined, and I'm not just saying this because DraftKings is paying us. I I think that daily fantasy, because the what and w- when I say daily, it's really a weekend. You know, you can do weekend games. Is just way more set up for the modern day guy, probably under 35. The way we think about things, like I I wouldn't want to be tied to a squad. Like if I took DeAndre Hopkins, let's say in a year long league, and I took him like fifth or sixth overall because that was my pick, and then he breaks his leg week two, like that sucks. I mean, that's, and that happens all the time, you know, or, you know, Zeke's going top five. What if Zeke doesn't show up this week? They're playing the fucking Giants, one of the worst defense in the league. Well, that's why I've never, you don't ever play fantasy, so neither do but, I. But I just see how it, whenever I hear people talk about it, they're always so angry and mad because they get screwed. How, how do they keep doing it? They got so many options. DraftKings, baby. And again, I'm not just saying that because they're paying me. Having played, it's just... <clears throat> It's way less stressful because you lose a week. You're like, whatever. New team next week. Yep. I mean, you you picked. You have to take responsibility. Le'Veon Bell last year ruined your squad. That's right. I mean, is Zeke playing week one? Sure doesn't feel that way. It took a long time to reply to Jerry, apparently. God. No Jerry Matt. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to NFL headlines. We'll get to the Niners. We'll get to the Raiders. We'll get to Bill O'Brien. Uh, we'll get to the first weekend of college football. I know what my favorite thing that happened was, but uh, first we'll tell you this podcast is brought to you by Ease, Ease.com, EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM is always, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM, EaseWellness, Ease.com, promo code HAM. I was walking, I went to Starbucks either yesterday or two days ago, and I saw a guy getting delivery, and it's crazy how like normal it is in 2019. I'm like, yo man, getting the good stuff. And I said, where are you getting that? And he said, the company, and it wasn't our company. And I said, my man, you have if you're going to get a delivery right here in Walnut Creek, use ease.com, type in the promo code HAM, and get $20 off. I see you get a couple vape cartridges right there. You could have got a deal, basically would have been free, and it would have been delivered immediately. And the guy said, thanks, man, I appreciate that. And I said, also, you like your CBD? You go to easewellness.com, promo code HAM. They got uppers. They got downers. They got the lotion that makes you feel good. They have the uh, the bath bombs mm, the if you want to relax in the in the bath. Uh, doggy treats guy. You want to get your doggy's anxiety down? Give her a little uh, give her a little powder. You know, I, actually, I think it's a little drop on the tongue. It relaxes them. So easewellness.com, ease.com, promo code ham. You can't beat it. You, you can't beat it. Partners for life. Yeah, we appreciate Hopefully. the support from you and them. Uh, and this podcast brought to you by my bookie. Dot a G promo code ham and the numeral one promo code ham one for my bookie dot a G a listener and a couple listeners, but Brandon texts me. He's like, I'm at stadium pub, downtown Walnut Creek. This was on Saturday. He's like, we're drinking all day. I'm like, screw it. You know, I had a little time to kill early morning Saturday swung by at about 1130, had a couple beers. His buddy came by and he was going to play some bets. I'm like, where do you bet? He's like, my dot a G. I'm like, well, you want to get a deposit bonus? Type in promo code HAM1 because he was about to bet on uh, on the Alabama Duke game and just bet on games throughout the week. I mean, it's, hell, if you were listening to this before the Notre Dame game, we got college football tonight. Then, I, I don't know, we got this thing called opening night in the National Football League Thursday. Bears, Packers, ever heard of it? 100-year anniversary. Uh, football games galore, guy. And there's, there's nothing better. College football is a little tricky, right, because so many of the lines are massive. 
I mean, any time you get into the 20s and the 30s, I get a little squeamish. Yeah, Notre Dame's you, 19 tonight against Louisville. Yeah, I mean, uh, Oklahoma yesterday, I think, was 24. Well, look at the NFL lines. I mean, as big of a line as you'll see is like 7 or 8. Most of them are between 2 and 4. You feel much more comfortable gambling. Uh, God, it's just there's nothing better to bet on than football, especially the NFL, just because your margins, it, it's a it's a fair playing field. And mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. I, I, I said I was not going to do any parlays, but I, I might just do like a $10, 10-game 10 pick them and just take a swing week one, you know? You, by the way, you're just out in the streets just pushing product. Man-to-man, yeah, man, yeah. person-to-person. I, I, I had time. I, I'm a, I'm, we're consumer-based. I like interacting with the people. I love and, it. Uh, yeah. I, I, it cost me $45 because I got a parking ticket, but... What? You know? <laughs> it's not, you know, you know what I think when I hear that is, man, only a $45 parking ticket? Well, you know, it's, it shows you the, the price points, like the difference of the suburbs and the city. Because, again, what's a, just a normal parking ticket in the city? 82. 80 bucks? Yeah. Isn't that absurd? Do you know what it was back, thinking back at Cal Poly? Oh. Do you remember what it was, like a parking ticket yeah. at Fresno State? I think it was like $16. Maybe yeah, I think mine were like ten fifty. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was, and well, they realized if you give college deal. kids $80 tickets, you, they're not getting paid. You're just not, never <laughs> not getting a no. cent. But the reality is, regardless what you You're put it to paid. in college, it gets sent home. You know, yeah, or it just didn't get paid. Period. I've got I had so many of those like pink envelopes in my glove box. Oh, and it's like, what? Am I, if I go back to Fresno State, am I getting towed? I remember my dad's like, "They'll take you to jail." My like, dad, they're going to take me to jail over thirty-seven dollars of parking tickets in in uh, on Cal Poly's campus. Screw them. What jail are they taking me to? They're not. It's not. It's it's campus security, no. parking. So I refuse to pay. Uh, all right. Again, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, ease.com, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Yeah, also DraftKings. And also, by the way, we'll tell you about later in the pod, but um, Roman on board now. GetRoman.com, yeah. slash a slash HAM. You know, we, you never know when that ED is going to pop in, guys. All right. Uh, college football headlines, Middlecoff. College football headlines. And uh, there's so much to start with. I mean, what Oregon, Jalen, I did think – Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed. If you told me a coach is going to coach from a hospital bed, I'd be like, come on. Like, I know coaches are crazy, but that's insane. But then it happened. It's one of the most absurd visuals <laughs> you'll ever see in pro sports. Guy, It was it, it was. Were you insanity. watching it? Like, did you see it? I didn't see it until after no, the game. No, I just saw it go viral yeah. and everyone. And then it just kept diving in. Like, he gave, guy, he gave a pregame speech from the hospital bed. He gave a post-game press conference from the hospital bed. He gave an interview to ESPN mid-game from the hospital bed. Like he said, a, I mean, he had some valid points. He's like, "Well, the angle I'm at, I can't really see the game clock. Like, I'm not calling plays or anything. I'm just giving them some nuggets." Uh, my offensive and defensive coordinator, but he's like, you know, I don't have a great view of the play clock or the or the time on the game. He's like, so it's a it was a difficult transition. Do you know that? He was, and I, I think he told the ESPN people this, he was like 24 hours away. If he didn't get to the hospital, he might have died. Like he, he, I mean, he, whatever infection he had. He had a staph infection. Could have killed him. Yeah, guy. staph infections are horrible. Bad. Is, is that the ultimate football guy move or the ultimate crazy guy move? Both, and I guess they're probably one and the same, right? A football guy move is a crazy guy move usually. Um, was that, I love that he was, that was wearing. Not how about, a, that how, wasn't a home. That was a home game because obviously Syracuse plays in the dome, right? 
Uh, so it was Liberty a home hosted game, yeah. Syracuse, unless it was a neutral site. But yeah, I think it was a home. Like you, you couldn't have pulled this off on the road. No, no. <laughs> him giving the thumbs up. My favorite part of the whole visual is him. He's wearing the visor. <laughs> he's well, laying in a hospital it, bed. Where, if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. Media people have all seen this, and pe- coaches all understand this. I don't know if the common fan realizes this, but if you just think about it logistically. When you do an, if if you go to a football game, let's say you get in the arena, your stadium, twenty minutes before, people are on the field, right? Well, the coaching staff, the guys that are going to be in the booth, don't really go like with about ten minutes left. They got to work their way up to the booth. So a lot of times, there's a main elevator where media and just a bunch of you know even some of your suite holders are using. Well, they go, coach is coming through, coach is coming through, right? And they kind of back everyone off. And even the biggest boosters or an NFL game, the high price places. Have to back off and wait. Can you imagine when they go, Coach Freeze is coming through and they're wheeling him on a hospital bed? <laughs> Can you imagine the visuals of just some of the fans? Oh like, this God. is insane. Did he earn some street cred, though, with his university, coach on a hospital bed? Because I think he do a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. School, I also think it kind of sets the Jerry tone. Falwell. I think it sets the tone. I saw a lot of people tweeting about, like, listen. Worst case scenario, we have to fire Jeremy Pruitt at the end of this year. Hugh Freeze will be ready to take over the job. And it kind of proves, like, Tennessee, I'm ready. There, there, nothing will stop me from coaching. It's true. It is great PR. Um, did you see on Friday night, Oklahoma State was playing Oregon State? I watched it. And the was it the Oklahoma State coaches, either they got stuck in the elevator or just... Eleva- elevator stalled. Yeah, so they had a shot of the booth, and there was just one guy... In the booth, like working the phones, because <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" And there's they, deli- they delayed like, the, they out. delayed the game for those guys. They delayed, yes, which they should. Yeah, uh, but there's just one poor guy. He's thinking like, "Oh my god, he's probably right." He's preparing for the worst. This game might start, and I am the only guy up here. Yeah, because that guy clearly doesn't go down and back up. Right, he just stays there for the whole game. Right, which is what you should. I would always have one guy take the stairs just in case. Do, can you name the one stadium where there would have been a major freak out if that would have happened from the opposing team? Because it's it's on the my I can see it on ESPN the team. If the opposing team, yeah, like well, I'm saying the home team, Gillette Stadium, it, yeah, the Patriots. I mean, if yeah. that like if that happened Sunday night with the Steelers who called foul on them a couple times, like their headsets go out. Imagine if the elevator fucking stalled and Belichick's like. We got to play it as it goes. We just keep playing. Like, people would be like, what the fuck? Well, all, and then you look and, like, it's like somehow all Bill's coach, because they're like, well, we can't use headset communication to the booth. And Bill looks around, it's like, all his coaches are on the field at that particular moment. <laughs> yeah. To me, that well, that's the ultimate Patriot move. The elevator stalls right before the second half. And you're right. Oh, it's like, well, okay, you can't. All his coaches are on the side. That would be classic. Uh, let's see, what else? What'd you think of. Uh, what did you think of Oregon? Oregon Auburn. That was the big. I mean, we talked so much about that game. I, I I thought the overall, just on on a big picture thought, none like Pac twelve SEC or whatever. I, I I just can't express my love for the sport of football, like the importance of football. I like I'm getting texts from people about like, oh, the Giants suck. Like I, I'm sorry, like I, I'm I'm no more Giants talk moving forward. Like I, I'm even trying to watch baseball games. They, they, there, there is, and even the NBA clearly can't sniff this. There is nothing like the urgency and the importance of a football game. There just isn't because there's only a small amount of them. And then when you get the perfect combo of clearly two, 
I mean, I think Oregon's damn good. Auburn's fucking legit. Of course they are. They're Auburn. I mean, they, they, I think they've been to multiple national championship games, guy, in the last 10 years. They're good. That thing was, I te- my takeaway was like, if that was the national championship game, everyone would have been satiated. Like, that would have been perfect. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Just the, just the, the power of it. Well, the, the, the television product guy was just, people were tweeting me like, whoa. That was big. T- that was just awesome. You know, it's just it's just awesome. Yeah, I um, you know, when I was at Fresno State, and then afterwards, I was a big fan of the. Uh, we we got to get sixteen team playoff, but I would not expand the playoff beyond four because what it does by keeping it so limited is it maintains this level of urgency week one. I I wonder if you, you could get to talk eight me and still keep you could it. Talk, yeah, you could talk me to eight. I think you would still have some urgency. Yeah, I, I think that Jerry's Palace is just one of the great gifts from the football gods. Of you, you put a game there that just now you can put a game there. You know, remember didn't Saban play USC a couple years ago? Remember when Max Brown was starting quarterback, and then Darnold ended up coming in a couple weeks later, and they kicked the shit out of him. But when the game is tight and it's college football, and you got to give, I, I thought I give the you know the SEC is going to travel, but clearly Oregon's the right team to pick because there was a shitload of green there. It, it was awesome. I, I don't. I don't know what else, any other way to describe it beside that. That was just bad ass. Yeah. I mean, Bo Nick, that was a true freshman. The photo of him celebrating with Cam Newton. or No, no it wasn't with Cam. He was wearing a Cam jersey. I don't know who the player was. I thought, I, I thought at first it was a little cheesy, but then I'm like, that's kind of cool. In the beginning of the game, yeah. both the dads introduced their kids. I'm yeah. like, that's kind of, that's cool little wrinkle. Right. They probably don't do it if Bo Nix's dad isn't a former quarterback. But I, guess, I, but I I missed the first half. I only watched the second half because I, for some reason, went to Cal UC Davis, which was fun, but just the, the football game. Like, the game was cool. The football game sucked. That when you when you watch that first half, there were just some of the craziest-ass plays of these turnovers and fumbles right. and both through a pick. That guy... Oregon had a crazy that? return and then fumbled a handoff, and Auburn <laughs> almost takes it back to the house. Oh, at, Oregon the, dropped a touchdown, then missed the field goal. The the oh my god! And the field goal, it's like, bro, it wasn't even close. True it was freshman, like a ten yard field goal. The, the the and the drop touchdown hit awful. the guy in the bread basket. Yeah, I know. How about the effort by the guy to catch the Auburn fumble returner? Big cat. <laughs> what was the Auburn guy's name? Big cat. Fowler that's calling the, him big that, cat. That's the defensive lineman. He just called. He's like big cat. I think is what he was calling him. I can't yeah, stress this effort. enough. Herbert was that was a good sprint. Yeah, and I tweeted this the the speed in which the front seven and you could be like, oh, the SEC, they're shitty teams. I, I don't care about Tennessee and you know Vanderbilt and their shitty teams. I almost said Kentucky, but you can't the, say that. No, they actually I think played a tighter game than they thought, but their top four or five teams: Bama, Auburn, LSU. Georgia, and you could throw uh, Texas A&M in there now too, and maybe Florida. Their front sevens just look like, like, are we sure the Raiders' front seven is that good? Because I'm not. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like they got seven NFL guys, probably three top fifty picks, probably a couple first rounders. Like I'm talking each team, and Georgia and Alabama might have like four first rounders of the seven. That they're just cracking skulls, guy. Like they are, and that's where I give Oregon credit. They were ready to crack skulls too. They, they yeah. were hanging with them physically. Well, it definitely it hurts Oregon this year. Like you texted me, like Crystal Ball now in two years. It, no, in a year plus a game has had two just heartbreaking losses. This one and the Stanford loss last year. Um, 
and and you know obviously the conversation like the Pac-12 needed this all that I do think I think this is a little more I'd say even this is a little more gut punch just because week one the build up all the off seasons but it was the same deal like they were they had like last year John don't forget Jalen Red's about to score a touchdown that's going to put the game away but his foot hits the pylon before the ball crosses the goal line it's not a touchdown even though it had been ruled a touchdown on the field Oregon gets the ball at the three. A fumble six, a scoop and yeah. score on a bad snap, two plays, three plays so it later. A, it was a 14-point swing. It was crazy. But anyway, um, so yeah, it hurts their CFP chances this year. It hurts the Pac-12, all that. I do think just in a bubble, if you're an Oregon fan, you're like, we're on the right track. You're like, yeah, I would I would have liked my guy. I, I, I don't think most people are thinking that, even though really? that's a true statement. We're on yeah, the right I, no, track. I, I don't, I mean, I'm just telling them what they should think. Is like, this football team right now, it, like I would say, I was just trying to think since SC beat Penn State with Sam Darnold, and maybe even before that. Like when you play in the biggest games, I think this is one of the better performances. And I just think if you're here's the deal, their guys are flying around too, making big well, plays. But but here here's my problem with the right track because Mario's clearly tre- uh, recruiting an elite guy, and his teams are going to be tough and physical. But at the end of the day, where I think if you're an Oregon guy, you go, well, this guy's going to recruit a ton of NFL guys, which we've always done, but have us in the mix. Like, we're going to be able to hang with whoever. But at the end of the day, when, it, when I got to go, you know, ch- you know, uh, chess, chess match with an opposing coach, like Gus Malzahn, national championship level coach. Like, he could win a national championship. I don't think he's been in one as the head coach. He won one as their offensive coordinator. But twice now, and definitely this game, was, you know, it was a, a little Del Rio-ish. Like, you talk a big game, Mario, and then you're running the ball on third and seven. You On a fourth and one, you run it up the gut. Like, you kind of coach scared when it goes, because at the end of the day, you're an O-line coach. That's what you're going to resort to. I just question if I was an Oregon fan. Like, I, I think we're going to be good. And I think you've told me, or other people have told me, they got a backup quarterback, or he's recruited a guy that yeah, they well, think that's the guy better that's, that, that came in for a play, is Tyler which Scott. I get. But I, I think the question is going to be: Can this guy at our program, where we want to be able to win a national championship, is he ever going to be good enough to do that? And yeah, I'd say, no, that's you'd be leaning probably no. That's fair. I'm just saying the program is clearly better than it was 13 games ago when he took over. Like now, I don't think there's any question. If I about wanted that. to go a positive side, you'd go. I'd much. I'd rather have Mario Cristobal than Willie Taggart. Yeah, I'm just I feel good about that. Well, definitely that. I'm just saying, like, two years ago, Oregon football was like, how are they going to get it back? And then I watched them play Auburn, and they looked like they belonged on the field, like more than belonged on the field. And you might say, the counter to that is, well, that's not the highest bar. Fine, but it is progress from where they've been not that long ago. But that's, but like, help, part of where Helfrich fell off is it turns out, like, yeah, he wasn't really a dynamic coach, and he was a terrible recruiter. Like, Oregon, when they recruit right, they're just, they're, 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 they are a factor. Yeah, well, I'm just like, saying you they get credit do. for putting yourself in that position. Like, I think they should get credit for that. Like, if SC looked like that, it'd be... But again, like, to me, this is where the Pac-12 has to get back to, is like, it was about winning and losing. Of and course. that's where well, I think... Of course, there's no question. But I'm just saying, like, they played in a game that they lost, that they led until there were less than 15 seconds left. Well, so, that, to me, why the loss couldn't be any more crippling. Well, of, to them... But, like, the idea that that loss somehow, like, reflects the pack. It has nothing to do with anything else. And at the end of the day, like, I'd rather lose games like that. That reflects more positively on a program. Or, or it's, not, it's not about – I don't care about – that everything's about the league. Like, this is about Oregon football. And that's better than what I saw from 
Washington in the bowl game, what I saw from Washington against Alabama, what I saw from Stanford against Notre Dame, what I saw from USC against Notre Dame. So that's all I'm like. Well, there, there is a chance, though, guy. Auburn, for as much as I'm hyping up, and I'm hyping up pretty strong, they did go 8-5 and five last year. Yeah, they're probably... So they, they, no, they might not be an 11-win team. No, they're probably not an 11-win team, but that's <clears> not the point. Like, the point is they are the, they are the only measuring stick you had, and I think they're a pretty good measuring stick. Whether they lose four games or not, I don't... Like, I just know athletically what it looks like. Like, to me, it's what do you look like when you play these teams that fucking belong? Yeah, and they belong. But, like, no, one, that's but all. no one, no one's arguing that really. No, it's but I think, more, but but I, but I do. Like I think people that people are arguing that because it's like well, when the, you play, the, the the misinformed are no, 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 like because pack. no, because the fact is when Washington played in the Rose Bowl, Ohio State kicked their ass for two quarters, yeah. two and a half quarters. But they did, yeah, yeah. And when USC went and played Notre Dame last year, they got their ass kicked. And when Stanford went and played Notre Dame, they got their ass. Well, it was a little closer. But, but I think me and you are both acknowledging, and I think most level-headed people, this Oregon team is more talented than those two teams, right? Yeah, but, but yeah, and what I'm saying, Oregon has stopped being more talented. Like Oregon just yeah. looked. They got to be like well, I just watch them. Okay, Oregon looks like Oregon's supposed to look. Now well, that's they still, why this. They still got to like it doesn't it doesn't guarantee them anything. They still got to go through this season and try and you know go go to the go win the Rose Bowl. Does that mean no playoffs, Pac-12? Yeah, it might. But what? I, like again, like that—that that is not Oregon. Oregon's problem is not how people look at USC or how people look at Washington. That's not Oregon's problem. Oregon's got to worry about Oregon. So if they go win a Rose Bowl, what? what if they if they're a two-loss team, what? Whatever. I just they're like they are not the problem. That's my ultimate point. They are not the problem. One hundred percent. But I, but I think the problem for Mario is the way Insular Oregon is viewing him. They're going to start going because their standards are higher than the way we're talking about, like the Pac-12, just to get it back, like the train back on the track. It's more, can we win a national championship with this right. guy? Because I think right. now it's not arguable. He's an elite recruiter, and he, his guys are going to be tough and physical and fly around. It's like in the big game, though, and that's where I think they love Chip. They just thought he'd go tick for tack with sure. whoever. Sure. Where I think that, that that's where I kind of feel bad for Mario because I thought that was a great showing. That, but the number one question, if I was a booster for Oregon, is like, is this the guy? And that's kind of crazy, but that's just that's the nature of when you have these crippling losses. Because I do think part of that being a crippling loss, guy, you were kicking the shit out of them, and you were handling them, and then you coach tight down the stretch. And once you to- coach tight, that's just kind of who you are. And of I mean, course they, that's who he is. Yeah, Because he's they no line throw, coach. They couldn't throw the football. Like, don't forget, last year when they lost the Stanford game. They didn't even take like, shots, though. Why are you being so aggressive? Why are you running? Why aren't you kneeling on the football? He was being aggressive. But, 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 that, but to me, it's one thing. Why aren't you running the football when you're up multiple scores? To me, when you're in like a 5-7, one-point game, this game had a feel like you got to somewhat play aggressive, like fourth and one to run it up the gut and get stuff like that was yeah, pretty I – mean, you just can't do it. I mean – To me, what you can't do, though, guy, it, I, that call is a little more difficult. you got the backup quarterback in. I personally would have punted, but I, I understand all the scenarios. It's the previous drive with, like, five minutes left, a third and seven, and he runs it, and I think you're up. At that point in time, were they up seven – or they might have been up one. I can't even remember. But it was just the all-time conservative call. Yeah, I don't think Auburn had gotten it to one yet. The problem on that drive was that they had thrown early. And so they only took 45 seconds off the clock in that drive where they ran it on third down. Yeah, it was wild. Um, Great game, though. Jalen Hurts going to win the Heisman? Uh, Sure. 
you know what I think people forget? Because he'd taken a lot of shit over the years. And he couldn't throw it well enough. Blah, 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 blah. All we talked about were Jalen Hurts' flaws. You know what he is? He's the same guy that was the first quarterback in 32 years to start as a true freshman at Alabama in the peak of their powers. He's a co- coach's kid. When you hear him talk, you go, God, this, this is a really high-level guy. Like, yeah, he, and then he goes probably with the best offensive coach he's ever had. Think about the, the OCs he had at Bama. Lane, kind of a nut job, always in fighting with Nick. Then he had Sark. Then he had Loxley, who was really good, but he didn't get to start right because he got because Tua beat him out. Right. And I saw Marty Smith, who's just one of my favorite guys at ESPN, just tweeted, like, kind of his history. Starts at Alabama. All SEC. Uh, Tua comes in. There's then, like, they got to start Tua right away, but he, he holds him off. Then gets benched in the natty. Tua comes and becomes a legend. And he doesn't bitch and moan. He doesn't go Jack Sears. Oh, I didn't win the job. I'm going to transfer. Just handle it like a fucking pro. And you know what? He ended up, remember last year when Tua was banged up, coming back in and winning the SEC championship game. And you know what? I go Jalen Hurts. Is he an NFL guy or not? Is he going to win the Heisman or not? I mean, he might win the Heisman. I'm betting on that motherfucker in life. Like the Jack Sears and all these transfer guys, I short them. And some of them may be right, but it's just the classic mindset today. I didn't, I gotta leave, I gotta leave. Where are you going? You know? And, and, and I think it also speaks to this guy transferred who wanted him, Lincoln. I love him. I, I can't. Yeah, love I was watching and thinking there are guys watching this thinking, oh yeah, this is why I need to transfer too. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like this for most of you guys. Because most of you guys weren't starting level quarterbacks, championship level quarterbacks to begin with. And I do wonder if in two or three years of the portal, we kind of look back and guys are sticking it out a little more just because there there are more players in the portal than there are spots for you. And guys are going to see other players that transfer and then don't play at the place they transferred to. Because guess what? There's more quarterbacks there too. It's the way it goes. Every yeah, program talk, has more quarterbacks than it does spots to play quarterbacks. I talked to someone that in college recruiting the other day, mutual friend. Yeah, and you just said there are more spots. There There's are more less players spots, than spots. More players than spots. He said it's not even close. No, it's not. And, and you're talking about, and you're not just talking about a guy like transferring from UC Davis or fucking Fresno State. I'm talking about guys that transfer from Alabama and Texas that go unclaimed. That there is this. The rich, rich polification of the world now, just like always look to get better for yourself. Like, no, it doesn't always work like that. Let's just take a deep breath. You know, being at Texas, being a backup, isn't the worst thing to ever happen to your life. And as we see, I think with uh, this, this thing is also called football, and guys get injured. You know, JT Daniels goes down, and they their backup, the only guy they have is a true freshman, which I would imagine in a perfect world. When they signed him in the spring, they were probably thinking about redshirting him. And it's just everyone just runs. Everyone just runs because that's what LeBron's telling everyone to do on social media. And that's what their parents think is the right thing to do now. And it's just not. Jalen Jalen didn't transfer right away. And then when he did, like remember Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson, but uh, Kelly Bryant? Because mm-hmm. he gets beat out by the better guy. Right. And then the better, I mean, not just the better guy. I mean, a guy that's going to be the number one overall pick. It's like, oh, where's he going to go? I bet he's got a pick of the litter. He ends up in Missouri. He didn't have the pick of the litter. One, most of these teams had their spots filled. Two, he wasn't that good. Like, that's the other thing. When I was talking with a buddy, I was like, do you automatically take people from, like, because this was a lower power five, would you just, if a guy's transferring from Georgia, would you automatically sign him? He's like, well, no, because you start, sometimes the guy, 
you, you do a little research, you're like, well, they hated him. The guy's kind of a turd, so he's a character guy. We don't want him. Or two, it turns out he was terrible, and he's just not good enough. And I, I think this notion, and it's just so, you get so much credit on social media where the, a lot of these kids live, that it's just not the right thing. Well, the, the things that play in real world and things that play on social media are often not the same. Well, I mean, especially when you start, like, in formative years, right, in early teens, doing things like narrowing your list down to your final 15. It's like, I, I, look, I promise you one thing. Those 15 programs don't all love you as much as you love the attention. There's, they just don't. They, you, they just need a guy to come in and compete. And, and Kelly Bryant, say what you want about Missouri – that he is in the 1% of situations that work out better for the player than most, right? But but think about that guy. He was a starting quarterback at arguably 1A or 1B program in the country, and his best option was Missouri. It was down between like Missouri and North Carolina. You would well, think like, oh, the guy's transferred. Like Jalen Hurts is the extreme exception. Well, I'd say he's dramatically better than Kelly Bryant, right? He's just a much better player. Right. And again, we're nitpicking the top. Like Kelly Bryant doesn't suck. I mean, he started at Clemson, but like you know, Georgia got you wouldn't start here, or Florida goes, yeah, you wouldn't start here. So he ain't starting at most of the or Ohio State or Michigan. Like he's not starting at any of those programs. So then, and his problem, I'm sure, would be, well, would you go to you? Like he would like, I'm not going to UCF, right? The equivalent of like Boise. I'm not going to Boise State, where it's like FAU, where, where I'd say, hey man. Fucking call Boise State. That might be the right spot for you. But like, State. I mean, Florida State's backup quarterback is a transfer, right? Alex Hornibrook, the guy from uh, Wisconsin. But he guy, he's terrible. No, no, but, but this is my point, though. It's like when you're that guy and you go to that program, you don't. There's no guarantee that you still. I, like, I don't think you. Oh, get you're that saying many. Hornibrook didn't even start. Yeah, and I'm saying like you don't get that many. Like, yeah, come here and you will start. I think you get a lot of. Well, if you, yeah, I mean. You, you'll have a chance to compete for the job. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Right? Uh, unless you're like Justin Fields, the guy from Georgia, that's a no-brainer elite talent. But that's know? what I'm saying. It's like the, and he's he, the 1% of the 1%. Right. The, I think the other big game, big takeaway from Saturday is, and this speaks to Mario, where Oregon got lucky. I would much rather have Mario. Than, Willie Taggart is a disaster. Mm. And, in, and, and this is the way I summed it up on Saturday. In, the, in basketball, we hype up players. Like, we love acting like Chris Paul is Magic Johnson or Carl Anthony Towns the next Shaq. And it's just the overhyping of players. Football, we don't overhype players. We're actually, it's the one sport where we're kind of very critical of players, maybe even over the top, unfairly sometimes. It's, it's really hard to get proper credit in football as a player because they're just waiting for you to throw one pick or make one fumble or do something or get hurt and they shit on you. But they overhype coaches. Because now agents are so strong, there's so much money in coaching, that we just start blowing coaches. For about two years, the media could not, they put Willie Taggart like he was just this badass ass kicker. I I think he's a joke. I I think he's a full-on fraud meathead. What he's doing at Florida State to lose that game, guy, I, I don't think he's a lock to be the head coach next year. Because the way, they missed their first bowl game in what, 38 years or whatever. Then, to be up at home against Boise State, which every Seminole fan has to look at Boise State, not just inferior, but like, we're going to lose to Boise State, even though they should probably give them respect, but there's no way they did. So then they're thinking, we're going to kick the shit out of them. Then, guy, they are kicking the shit out of them. 
I think the score at one point in time was like 31 to 10. I mean, he's blasting them. And then to lose that game, and it turns out the game was in Tallahassee because they had to move it because of the hurricane. Right. I, I, now, to me and you, that loss, we'd go, well, yeah, boys, you beat Florida State, especially this level Florida State team. But to them, that is a devastating loss. That's bad. I mean, well, I don't know if – did you watch any of the um, Fox pregame show on Saturday? No, but were you texting me Urban was good? A lot of people were saying Urban yeah, was good. Yeah, I did. I, well, I saw Colin tweet – Urban did this breakdown of like the RPO, the spread RPO. But I would just have, I just was going back and forth between College Game Day and Fox, and I thought Urban was really good. And uh, one of the things he said was just kind of, he made it clear that, that it's early. He's like, I'm not saying their season's over, but Willie Taggart right now, like these coaches are going to go, er- they got to go earn their money because they got to get this team back. They got to keep this team from falling apart right now. Like he was. He said this after the game? Yeah. Well, maybe it was when was that? What time was that game? It was the morning game. You, it's a good point. Like maybe he, he might have like, said it going it. Well, guy, they were three and nine last year or whatever. No, so. it was. So, am I thinking of a different game? When would he have? Were they on longer than I thought? I could swear he was talking about them. Maybe I. I don't know what time that pregame show yeah, was on. Fuck! Now I now you got me wondering what was he was he talking about. That's a good point Before? by him. If it was, they got to earn their money because they do. Yeah, how long could they? What, what time was that game over? It would have been over like 1 o'clock. Were they still on? Maybe they were on for a long time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't watch one minute of that show. Well, I'm pretty sure that I thought that's what <laughs> Just go with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But anyway, Urban was good. Anyway. And did you see uh, after the game, Brian Harson's Boise's coach was like, he was pretty matter of fact. I mean, that's what. Boise's quarterback's pretty good. Was well, he a true freshman? Yeah, true freshman. W- what did Brian Hart say after the game? Well, just of like... Of course we come back. We're fucking Boise State. Yeah, like we... You know, but it was, he wasn't like jumping up and down, high-fiving a bunch of people. Like at one point, there's like 14 seconds left. It's clear they're going to win. And some player who's like not dressed out is like hitting him on the shoulder, like wants to celebrate. And he just kind of turns around and gives him one of the, like, get the fuck back, dude. Like just gives him like a... What do you do? Just everybody get back. There's still... 11 seconds on the clock. We got to kneel this game out. Well, Boise went to win because they knew they could win. To me, I don't. Florida State probably thought they could win. Now they lost, I mean, for whatever quote unquote swag they had. Like, get out. Willie Taggart just. I'm so tired of the media hyping up some of these coaches. And I can't. I mean, I've probably done it before or whatever. But for the most part, I I do a little research, just text a couple people that know people, and they go, whoa, that is not true. And it's just the way it works. I mean, I love Bruce Feldman, but. You know, he, he does these lists, and they have a lot of pull with ADs. No different than, like, when Albert Breer and Peter King do it about future executives. And it's like, you don't know. You well, know? I you know, it, that's one thing, that especially when it comes to assistance. That's you're what right. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, the level of BS, because you're not – you don't know who really calls the play sometimes. You don't know who really on defense. And it happens so much, as you said. You text somebody, whether it's another coach or somebody on the staff or – whoever's that around scouts people know internally pretty quickly who's the guy that's getting propped up and who's the guy that's real other coordinators people that coach against him there is no way to know if you if you really want i mean there is a way to know it's ask other people but if you're just going to sit and watch games it's really no hard clue. to know yeah no you got no clue i, I, I especially saw... and, and the worst ones john it's like oh this quarterback's coach it's like okay i maybe Especially when it's this quarterback coach and the head coach is like Kyle Shanahan. You're like, well, 
You know, or like the quarterback coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, they were saying last night on the broadcast, obviously everyone loves to come teach, or not teach, but learn from Lincoln Riley. So in the offseason, all these NFL coaches will send assistants down to like spend a couple days. And the one room that Lincoln does not let any of those people in is the quarterback room. And the way uh, Blackledge defined it was like, he was telling us, I want my quarterbacks to be so comfortable in that room just to be 100% honest at all times and never feel like I can't say this because, you know, McVay's in the back or whatever. He wants them to be look like, Coach, I hate this play. Coach, I don't like doing this. And he just wants like full, like a drama-free, real, like just wants it to be 100% real where it's not like you can go to the wide receiver rooms, you come to our team meetings, you're just not allowed in the quarterback room. Like, whoa. But Lincoln's always in the quarterback meetings. Interesting. And I, there are a couple stats. I, I read this article in The Athletic. Two stats really jumped out. Georgia Southern, who beat Tennessee, I think it played 10-plus Power 5 programs in the last you know 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. since they started playing Power 5 programs. They had lost to those teams by like an average of 30-plus a game, and they beat Tennessee. I mean, that's Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, that's the easiest that's way trouble. to get fired or something like yep. that. Yep. Also, Chip Kelly – in his whatever, however many years at Oregon, like six, he was outgained by opponents, I think like less than three times. In At UCLA, they've been outgained like 13 of their 14 games. Wow. So, yeah, buddy, it's on for Chip. Um, the uh, couple other things, JT Daniels got hurt. KJ Costello, that might be a bigger injury. I don't I mean, it's a concussion. Uh, I think he got hit in the head. Uh, JT Daniels is out for the year, which is crazy with an ACL. But they play they play each other this year, right? Or, they I mean, play this each week. other this week. What time? What game is that? I think it's at night. I think it's a seven seven o'clock Saturday night ESPN. I think where uh, that game is at Stanford. I, I saw a great tweet, honestly, guy, because the. Uh, not honestly, but just saw a great tweet that Saturday night, the USC. Oh, Stanford, at, I'm sorry, it's at SC. The USC Stanford game was just pretty awesome, or the U, the USC Fresno State game, which yeah. is good. It was you know people were watching, and someone's like, the Pac-12. This is your brand. Good, sh- like this doesn't happen in the morning. It doesn't quite feel the same. There's something about dark. Embrace the brand. Stop trying to fight it. Like, and I started thinking they're kind of right. Like you have the night. But understand, tell- it's the, it's not Larry Scott's not fighting the brand. It's the coaches hate playing those games. The coaches hate playing at seven seven o'clock seven seven forty five. Yeah, but that's when good shit happens. No shit, I, I agree with you. It's it's awesome. So I'm my take you. was like, yeah, I don't need I, the nine thirty game with everyone kind of sleepy. Fuck that. Like just but, we're but, a, but we're like, a this night. This is where conference. the nine the nine thirty game is like like there might be a couple of them a year, right? It's not even a thing really. It just gets a lot of attention because it's weird. But until you start reading that it might be like USC, Ohio State, or something, you're like, whoa. Or, yeah, but, or but my point is, even then, you're going to get 30 of the 7 You're going to get all the 7 o'clock games you want. Like, I like, I like, I love me a good night, Pac-12. I'm with you. I'm with you. And Just by dark, the way, didn't you feel like the Coliseum was kind of rocking the other night, too? Well, I mean, there no? was announced fifty-two thousand. I mean, it was cool on well, TV. I, I'm, not, I'm just talking about when you watch it on TV, yeah. I felt like the crowd was in it. Like, I whatever thoroughly, they announced. I thoroughly enjoyed it, though... I mean, they're kind of booing SC. Like, it's pretty ugly for Clay right now. And it just tore his ACL. That's a, that's a pretty devastating injury week one. We don't 
It feels like it happens more in the NFL than in college, doesn't it? Like devastating injuries early. Yeah, I I don't feel like it had. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that is just whoa. I know. Uh, I'm sure. We're, I mean, so much stuff happened college football yeah. wise. I'm sure we're missing something. But it was. It was. God, oh, fuck! I love football. Duke, Alabama. Please don't play again. Yeah. Um, no takes there. There, it actually really wasn't that great of a slate, but it just shows you, like, if you just get four or five sweet ones, you're good. Yeah. Well, oh, L- Jacob, L- Jock, Jacob Eason at Washington looked good. Uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, first uh, LSU quarterback ever to throw five touchdowns in a game. <laughs> Seriously? First ever? Yeah, we'll, we'll think they don't throw the ball, really. No, I, well, that's crazy, though. So, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't hear first that. first ever might be strong, but it was one of that in the in the chip article or not the chip article, but just like the top twenty stats from week one of college football. That was one of them. Yeah, it was Burrow five touchdowns, and then you think it out loud, you're like, just when's the last time LSU threw a lot of touchdowns? I mean, they don't. Yeah, Matty Mock. They did. Throw, uh, I mean, they didn't win fifty five to three. North Carolina. How about Mac Brown getting a win? Do you see his post game crying? Do you think that if you're Will Muschamp and you lose to a guy, I texted with a buddy that lives in the South, and I said, Will Muschamp just lost to a guy that works 20 hours a week, maybe, and that includes game day? Like, who's that's his, who's a rough coordinators? Loss. Who, Mac? Yeah. I mean, just randos. Like the old guys. Isn't it kind of crazy know. that you'd have two guys who won a national championship together coaching against each other, and neither was coaching for the program they won the national championship for? Did Will Muschamp coach for him when they won the national championship? Yeah, I thought he was their DC when they won the. Because remember, wasn't he the coach in waiting after that? And then he bounced, and people were like, "What's he doing?" I, I I think that Will Muschamp's a good example of maybe you're right. He was the DC. No, he wasn't the DC then. He was not the DC when they won the national title. No, he came in later. He came in and like. Oh wait, ten. Oh, he so was I guess the it D- was probably like he was the DC when they ago, played right? in the national title okay. against Alabama. All right, let's pretend that's what he said. <clears throat> now it's it's hard for me to call him like an overrated coach because he was Saban's DC forever. Then he went with Saban to Miami. Then he was at Auburn DC. Then he was tech- like he was clearly coaching like elite programs, being a coordinator. So to me, he's not like an overhyped coordinator. Any coach? I mean, he's he he. Is he over five hundred? He is, and he coaches in a good. He coaches his both head coaching jobs have been in a, in the SEC. Exactly. So I I think that it's just it's more that he's just not a great head coach. I mean, I think he is a worthy, clearly a defensive coordinator. I think his problem is just again, Mac Brown is notorious just not working. And if you're telling me at his age now, now he doesn't even make that much money. He's not. Will Muschamp probably quadrupled his hours over the last four weeks of just in the office grinding, getting ready for this game. So I, if people are acting like that's one of the worst losses of the week. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like who is like who just assumes South Carolina's beaten North Carolina on any given year, beside like the clowny years for South Carolina. So people are acting like that's one of the worst. Like that's a Tennessee Georgia State. I don't view it that way. Like that's a shitty loss, I guess, if you're Will. And you don't want that when you're making four and a half million to coach at USC, the East Coast USC. I don't. I refuse. Let's just call it South Carolina. It sounds weird when you say USC, but I I don't view that as just them all time devastating loss to you. Like Tennessee, that's that's bad. Yeah, Georgia no, State to lose no. to Georgia State. Yeah, because people were saying that's the worst loss in the history of the of Tennessee. Yeah, 
It's got to be. Well, up. I texted Lee. I texted Leaf because he called the game, and I'm like, "Did you think like sometimes you just kind of know like something weird's about to happen?" Were they losing uh, throughout the game? I, you know, I didn't. I only caught a few minutes of the game. I don't know, but he, he was took, like, no. he took a pretty cool 50 yard line fo- photo with Peyton. I, I know, I saw that. They showed it on the broadcast. That's pretty cool. You realize, God, these two guys are massive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So. We're going to, I mean, I'm sure there'll yeah, be other stuff to talk about serious. college football. But we mentioned it a little bit, John. Let's just tell the people. Go to Twitter pages, Instagram, links. Get in our DraftKings game. Football's finally back, and DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy football. And, of course, there's a huge week one and a bunch of week one contests. The first big contest starts Thursday night when uh, Chicago and Green Bay kick off. Single-game showdown with a $2.5 million uh, in total prizes are up for grabs. Yeah, plus new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the promo code HAM, H-A-M, will receive a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Uh, Guy, I I love using DraftKings. You love using DraftKings. It's great. You'll just find yourself playing on the side. You can do straight-up head-to-head bets with your buddies, or you can bet. Again, I'll just leave the tweet up. I'll pin it to the top of the page. You tweeted it out. Good call. Just click on it, sign up, get in on the season opener action, download the DraftKings app now, because that's... You just use your phone. You don't even need to sign in on you just the, the app. is really easy to use. Promo code HAM. Limited time. Both new and existing users get a bonus up to $500. And new users don't miss this extra special, guy. Week one bonus. Enter promo code HAM to get a free shot at $1 million. Your first deposit, that's code HAM, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Can I not uh, pin your tweet? I guess maybe, I, even though I retweeted it, maybe I can't. Yeah, you can just copy and paste the link and then pin one too. Okay, cool. Uh, there you go. go. We're already in it. I've got my team. You've got your team. You might edit your team. I'm locked in on my I'm, team. I'm definitely editing my team. Okay. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings. Promo code HAM. DraftKings. Promo code HAM. Share it with your friends. Uh, I think I've got... Yeah, I, I already see people like tweeting at each other. Oh, like, let's yeah, get in together. It's, it's on like Donkey Kong. Take us on. Who is taking me down? Who is taking Middlecoff down? I would love to finish one, too. It's uh, and you got time. It's Sunday and Monday's games, not Thursday's games. Yeah, so don't you don't need to worry about Bears Packers. Though right. I would imagine many of you weren't going to take Trubisky. <laughs> NFL headlines, John. NFL headlines. Did a lot happen this weekend? Oh my god! I mean, I guess we won't. We'll talk about Jadevian and Bob separately. But that was insane. Who do you think is a better GM, Melvin Gordon or Bill O'Brien? I'd say they're similar. <laughs> I would say they're similar. Now no, the difference would be Bill O'Brien makes deals. I don't think Melvin Gordon's making a trade. No, not one. Could Bill O'Brien tell you? Yeah, we traded two first round picks, but we got what we think is the Khalil Mack of left tackles, and we got a wide receiver. Now I googled Kenny Stills numbers because people keep like everyone's talking about these deals. Like you're not including Kenny Stills. I'm like, yeah, he did have 37 catches last year, but he did have six touchdowns. So he has 12 touchdowns the last two years. So I. I don't think we can just forget him. Now, I'd say, and a lot of people have tweeted this, like, have they extended Laramie yet? Because to me, part of giving, the reason the Bears were good giving two first-rounders, because the moment they said, okay, done deal, Khalil had signed on the bottom line. As I was texting with a buddy yesterday for the Bears, when you did that, not Nagy, you, you have <laughs> you have Khalil Mack basically under contract for life, right? Because it's a five-year deal, you always got franchise tags. Like, in the peak of his powers, you have his him under contract. They have not extended him yet. Now everyone's like, they're going to get it done, they're going to get it done. 
Well, you just never know. How would you do that deal? No, Would Roseman, Belichick, Ryan Pace, any of these Parag have okayed this deal without a signature on the bottom line? That, to me, is kind of crazy. So it's like, I, I can't give you an A-plus on the deal because you haven't signed this guy. Now, I texted him. We're, I'm not exactly breaking down fucking Miami Dolphins film. I know the guy's good. Just text a couple people in the league like, is this guy the top left tackle? They're like, yeah, he's a top young guy. He's still getting better. He's, I don't know if he's elite, but he's damn close, and he couldn't even get better. So, like, it, people said, yeah, he's one But of you're right. He's tackle. under contract for this year and next year. But, but to me, so remember, Khalil was, I guess, under – he was going into his fifth-year option, but you could have franchised. But that's not – it's not – it's like you extend him immediately. Right. Like, I, to me, you – you. I'm not giving you two ones and a two. Like, you think about the Bears. The Bears didn't even give that much. They gave two ones, and they got a two back. But they, the extension. So we should just keep – you want to keep talking about Bill O'Brien then in NFL headlines? We can. We got other – Yeah. We got plenty I mean, of stuff. I, so – well, I, we talked about the possibility, and we'll, maybe we'll get what we'll do later is get to more of the Seahawks 49ers aspect of this. Because they, cause they didn't just do one crazy trade. They did two crazy trades. <laughs> like, I mean, this is NBA-level insanity. And you're right. At the end of the day, Bill O'Brien can say I, it, he had to do the two deals together because he wasn't getting much back from Seattle. And so he got rid of Jadevian, but how much better did his team get? Well, his team got his team this year got better when he got Laramie Tunzel, right? Uh, yeah, a lot. And he would argue, you know, my defense is fine. Like Jadevian's great, but I don't need him this year. See that that that's where talking to people in the league and just my own opinion, I would disagree a little bit, guy, because well, Jadevian's a great pa- he's a good pass rusher period so i i would disagree too but it feels like but he's a dominant his, player against the run i i just but so bill o'brien just thinks i wasn't going to have him on the field because i wasn't going to pay him and he was not going to play then no, you, you know what bill o'brien because he's I'll paying half bill, his salary too I'll, I'll tell you what uh what bill o'brien thinks he hates clowny he does not like clowny guy he does not like the player for what i don't know why he doesn't like the guy he does not like him what I think is the craziest part of this entire thing is not necessarily their, what they got for him. They weren't, no one was offering much. You can't extend them. You know that coach hates them. Why, did, why didn't you trade him in March? Why would you even? I was reading uh, Albert Breer's MMQB this morning, mm-hmm. and Schneider was telling him, he's like, yeah, we were, we were really interested in March because obviously it was kind of on the table then, but – there were more moving parts. He's like, the, our problem was we had to figure out this Russell extension, the Bobby Wagner extension. We were trying to figure out what to do with Frank Clark. We couldn't afford to give our first rounder then at the time, just with everything else moving. We just had too many moving parts. So they got lucky in the sense that we just like, well, we just put it on the back burner. It wasn't going to happen then. That he was just still available three month, five months later. <clears throat> because imagine, guy, in March, you could have traded him for a first-round pick, I think. Especially a team like Seattle that's picked in the 20s. You could have got a first-round pick for him. Because that team could have immediately extended him. Here's, here's what else is crazy. They wanted Here's what Bill O'Brien wanted to do. He wanted to trade him to Miami for Laramie Tunzel. Right? And not have to give this enormous haul. And you'd be like Clowney and a one for Tunzel and Stills. That's probably ideally what he wanted to do. Well, what clown he do? He went to meet with Brian Flores. 
realized, like, fuck, these guys ain't going to win. He wasn't going to okay the deal to, to them because mm-hmm. he had to sign his tender. So he, that's where Clowney had some leverage. Like, you, if I don't sign my tender, you can't trade me. And and is there a chance that maybe Miami realized too? I, they're like, yeah, what's the point of sign, tra- doing this trade if we're right. gonna if we're gonna go Sam Hinkie? Yep, exactly. It just wasn't a good fit, and that's where Bill O'Brien. Maybe this deal does happen in the spring, where you're like, hey, I'll give you Clowney, you extend him, you give us Tunzel. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't, but your options were so limited at this point in time that. At the end of the day, though, here's the difference. Like people are like Bill O'Brien's jobs. Bill, no, Bill, more than likely, Bill O'Brien's gonna make the playoffs. Like Bill's gonna win. So yeah, he's a he's a he's like a little like Gruden. I'll tell you the difference between him and Gruden. Gruden hasn't won a playoff game since 2004. He hasn't been to the playoffs. Like I think since like 06. Bill O'Brien goes to the playoffs every year. So Bill O'Brien wins games. So yeah, he may be nut, and clearly not many people get along with him, <laughs> but he wins. I mean, well, I was just pretty consistently. His he's got like the fourth highest odds to be the first coach fired this year. Why would you let a guy do that and then fire him? Well, I, you, I, 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 yeah, I don't. Unless it's just you're dysfunctional, which as an organization, which is on the table. But he's a dysfunctional human. Yeah, well, <clears throat> he's their coach. I I think he's fine. Like in terms of, I don't expect him to get fired because I think they're going to be good. Uh, well, I agree. And at the end, he's saying, "I got to win football games this year." This helps me getting Laramie helps me the Jadavian thing. I mean, it was just it's a it's a it is it was a mess. But to me, guy, and this is why, and I, I people always argue and don't quite understand like middle goth, like you think you know more than these guys. From a personnel standpoint, these coaches prove over and over that they don't have a great feel for this stuff because they get so caught up. Do you know what Bill O'Brien thinks Week One is? I think they play on Monday Night Football the first game. He thinks it's a Super Bowl. It, it's the it means everything to him. You know what? I mean, that's Belichick doesn't even think that. Belichick's like, yeah, Sunday night, we'll find out who's good on our team. We'll just figure it out. But Belichick's the exception. Like, I think what to your point, when people give you a hard time on Twitter or whatever about how do you know more about a guy's team than him, the further away you get, the less emotional you are. And coaches are so, we see it repeatedly, attached to things beyond just like the Howie Roseman spreadsheet. And when I say spreadsheet, I don't mean it in the way that we talk shit. In just the, hey, what? just let's make cold decisions here. About what's best, but, for this I, but I also team. think when you look at the some of the recent coaches hired that are having a lot of success, Doug with Howie, uh, McVeigh with that infrastructure they have there with Les Snead, and I don't even know if Les Snead's that good, but I just know that Les Snead does look at it from a personnel standpoint. McVeigh's not dictating the players. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's not dictating players. Ask Coach Reed what's really helped him out and have all the success in Kansas City. He's like, well, John Dorsey and Veach do it all. I don't do any. I don't worry about that stuff now. Andy's not as emotional as Bill. It's easier for him to take a step back. But he's also, he's he's trying to win. You know, I mean, he's he's trying to win now. But I think he gets the big picture. Now having Mahomes helps. But those guys, and that's where I think one of my knocks is on Kyle and even a little Gruden. They, they are much closer to Bill O'Brien than I think most people want to admit. You know, uh, especially Kyle. I, I think Kyle, if Kyle... Kyle would be the type to do a deal like that. Now, it wouldn't exactly match up on his team, but that type thing, you know? And I I just think that when you're super emotional like that, I also saw Peter King had a good tweet. He's like, two first-rounders, and this, I think, speaks for Khalil Mack. There's a difference in two first-rounders if both picks are seven and nine, 
And if the Texans make the playoffs the next two years, just like the Bears, like you're telling the Bears would have all day long given pick 23 and next year's pick 26 for Khalil Mack. Now, would they wanted to give pick eight one year and pick 10 the next year? They'd, yeah, they'd think a little longer about that. But the pick numbers do matter. Because as we see every year, what do John Schneider, Veach, and all these guys do in the pick with the 20? Belichick forever. They don't love being in the 20s. They, they don't. Even Howie this year traded up to go get Dillard because he's like, God, this guy that we had viewed as a top 15 player fell to us. They right. don't like being in the 20s either. Right. Now, you where you do like being is in the top 15. And you know what Bill O'Brien would probably, if you want to defend him? We ain't going to fucking be in the top 15. Now, the big picture thought process guy is always like, you just never know, right? You always just want to have contingency plans because Deshaun Watson could snap his leg. But I'd say, I think Bill O'Brien thinks we just got the best young left tackle for pick in theory and best case scenario. We got, we think we might be able to win a Super Bowl. Let's say you don't, but one year you make the AFC Championship game and the other year you lose in the wild card. No different than like what Khalil Mack trade might turn out to be. You And what if the Raiders aren't good this year? Did... did did the Bears double win that trade? Because if they get their second round pick, which is pick 38, they're like, okay, we're giving you pick 26 and we're getting 38. And we got Khalil and you don't have him. We won. That's where the Laramie Tunzel, they have to, if they make the playoffs two years in a row, they're good. I think yeah. it's well worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they, and they might be looking at the Colts going, we can we can win this division running away and have a bot. Like, do you think, do you think that part played a part in their aggressive? You know, I, I thought initially it did. Um, it seems like the Jadavian Clowney thing was pretty, it was just a runaway train. It had, you know, like that, that, that had been building long before Andrew Luck retired. But I do, I did wonder like, does he just feel like this? Divi- I, I got to make sure I can just stomp out this division. Maybe I, at the end. I don't know if he's that, if he's thinking that big picture. Yeah, and the thing that I wonder is that they drafted in the first round an offensive tackle, who now might be their starting right tackle, maybe not. They might end up playing guard. And another tackle in the second round who's starting a guard. So it's like, God, you guys just... Your, your plan I, was just terrible. It really was. And it speaks... Well, there they, was did not, they didn't have a GM, guy. Yeah. They, they didn't have a GM. All right, uh, other NFL headlines. Zeke... I mean, there was a minute when Jerry started talking about him not playing. I thought, well, maybe this is actually his way of getting of moving things along. But then there was the story that Jerry was annoyed because they gave an offer. Zeke took too long to get took a long time to get back and didn't really move as much as they had hoped on the counter offer. Call me crazy, John. After this weekend, where it seemed like they didn't make progress, I almost feel like we're closer to him getting on the field. Because I think Jerry knows, like he is going to have to pay him something, other than what he's got on his contract. Uh, well, my thing though is, guy, are they Melvin Gordon too? Melvin, I think, is five and a half million dollars, and Zeke, because he was a little higher in the draft, was six and a half million dollars. So yeah, they want both want ten plus. Zeke deserves it from a talent standpoint. But are they going to give up combined twelve million dollars? That's a lot of cash. Yeah. Like, is Zeke not going to show up this week? Because I'm starting to feel he is. That he is not or that he is? That he is not going to show up this week or he's just not going to show up in general without a contract. Which, to me, you start giving up a lot of cash. Right. And and uh, this is... Are they going like, to sign... Are they, why are they trying to sign Zeke before Amari and Dak? <laughs> I think he has to shine. 
I think he has to not show up without a contract. Otherwise, what are you doing all this for? Unless Jerry's like, look, man, show up, we'll get something done. But I don't see – like, to me, why show up now after all this if you didn't get new money? Do you think that in 2020, Dak, Zeke, and Amar are all on the team? Zeke um, under contract next year, Dak, Amari, free agents. I would say – I. Yes. See, I don't feel as confident. I, well, I, I don't would. feel. Co- I don't feel confident. All right, rank them in order of most likely to least likely to be. Well, I'm going to give the scenarios that I, I think desperately. Stephen and Jerry want to sign Zeke right now to like thirty to thirty-five million guaranteed. They want to get their best player on like this all-time team-friendly deal, where even people are like, God, you're paying running backs a lot, and they look at it like, Yeah, but he's so goddamn good. We look at it like a deal. I think in a perfect world with Dak, what they want to do is like. Let's okay, Dak. You want thirty-three million? Let's see if you're three and one at the end of September, and we got no problem doing some sweet press conference like October first on like a Monday, <laughs> right? Yeah. But well, let's just you, you've done everything the right. We love you. Jerry cries when he talks about you. And Amari, we gave a shitload for you, so we need this to work. But you got plantar fasciitis slash something thing with your foot that I saw a doctor on Twitter say like, yeah, he's fine. Like, are you Mr. Tough Guy, or are, what are you? You know, I, I I see you on Instagram. You're tweeting coolest photos, but I, you know, before I'm gonna give you, because Amari's gonna cost more than Zeke, even though Zeke's a better player, right? Just because of the position. Mm-hmm. It, think about this: if Zeke was Amari, meaning if Zeke was a wide receiver, who would Zeke be? Like Hopkins or Julio? Yeah, like one what, of the arguably what num- one of the best. What number would he command? It'd be like seventy-five million guaranteed cash. Well, I mean, couldn't you argue he'd be the highest? He'd become the highest-paid receiver when he signs the contract today. Just like the other guys have been paid, He's yeah, right, he would be right there in the conversation with yes. the best receiver. So he'd become the highest-paid receiver today. One hundred percent. Like what? If you had to guess on uh, Odell was slightly over sixty, I think like almost sixty-five. What is Amari Cooper getting guaranteed? Forty-five, fifty. But Amari's probably like, I'm not taking that. And I understand where if you're Amari, you're like, let me just hit free agency. I saw Sammy Watkins get 30 guaranteed, and he stunk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Amari goes, I dare you to let me hit free agency, even if I am a little soft in my hands every once in a while. Piss people off. Well, I think he's the least valuable of the three of them. The problem is, though, they did give just their first round pick. I know. Now they go, well, we gave gave the fourth overall pick for Zeke, so we got to keep him. But Amari was much more kind of a heat of the moment emotional. Where Zeke, it made sense when they took him. And then he's lived up to it. His only problem is he can't stay in trouble. And Dak was just your classic, like, let's just take a swing on 3-0. And you're like, whoa, that's a home run. <laughs> and now, But you have to keep run. him. You ha- yeah, he's the, he's the most important of the group. So if, if it's between... But I well, think Zeke would say, well, you could play Kellen Moore back at quarterback if I'm behind him and we'll win some I don't game. know. Yeah, the cost of replacement is just... it's. It's hard. It's hard to replace. I, I do think they act yeah. pretty cool, calm, and collected about it. It's a little more complicated. And I, I've been arguing this for about a month. Because like, I saw Joe Banner tweet, like, the Cowboys always do this. They never are prepared. It was a little random, right? They nail a fourth round What did Andrew pick. Brandt say? I mean, there will be lawyers, probably. The, the, Dak Prescott, they hit on a fourth round pick. Well, you couldn't pay Dak, even if you wanted to, till this offseason. And 
he's asking for a shitload of money, so you don't feel great about doing it. Like, yeah, it was easy for Howie to get Carson Wentz to sign. He gave him $110 million guaranteed. You know? You're like, I'm not doing that for Dak, and I don't blame them. Then, you could argue at the time when they traded Amari, a first-round pick for Amari, it was bold. But it was easy to stomach in their organization. He was a top-five pick. The Raiders are such a shit show. We've seen his best for a couple years. He was a, he looked like he could become a great player. We got it. And then he gets to Dallas, and he's sweet. But also, you acquired him partly like he's about to be a free agent. It was just the timing of it. And then Zeke, Zeke would be the one. He still has two years left on his deal, and he just doesn't show up. Like, what? Like, hey, Banner, would Howie or Belichick have re-signed Zeke? No. So I, I actually don't think the Cowboys have done anything like acting outrageous on any of this stuff. I actually think they're being prudent. Yep. Like, like Dak, I'm sorry. Or they're trying Maybe, to be, at least. Yeah, like, we want to pay you, and we'd even probably overpay you. But let's see you play a couple games before we really overpay you. That's what I, that's what I think they're doing. You, you, yeah. you, you start 3-1, and one, we'll pay you. Amari, let's see if, are you going to play week one? Because you just don't practice anymore. Amari's not a big practice guy. Amari's a little bit of a head-scratcher guy. Yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> like, yeah, I, again, we go back to last year, and Monday was the anniversary of the Khalil... Uh, Mac trade, but not brought brought up by Raiders Twitter, not by you. And uh, like you just think about the re- the immediate reaction, the Amari one, we understood it. We're like, yeah, he hasn't been good. You, I wouldn't have done it. We and they got a first round pick. For caught him. everybody off guard, but you're like, okay, that's good value. I understand it. I can yeah. see why you're annoyed with him, and you got a first. Do it, fine. The Amari trade wasn't really weird at all. Now it was a little weird when I called him off the field, and Drew kept saying he loved him. I mean, was, didn't Gruden say he didn't know what was happening or something like? Was what, what was the? Yeah, he's like, I, I don't know. I'm not in charge of trades. Talk to Reggie. Yeah, that's what he's like. I'm not in charge of trades. I'm not in charge. Oh, shut up, John. Uh, what else? All right, your she, turn. Uh, Lashawn McCoy, Chiefs. <laughs> How about that? Well, I mean, Sean McDermott said like three weeks ago, like he's our guy, he's our bell cow guy, and I think clearly he was just saying that for trade value. But as someone in the league told me yesterday, like you just don't. No one's trading for. A seven million dollar, thirty one year old running back. <laughs> like that's it's just the number didn't make sense. People still think Shady's solid, and this is the ideal spot. Veach, it's like Veach's favorite player ever. It was the guy like his two players in Philly that he talked Coach Reed into. One was Shady, and the other was Deshaun Moore. Not that Andy didn't like Deshaun; it was more of the character stuff. And Veach is a little like Al Davis, so it was just a good combo. And both those two guys were massive home. I mean, both those two guys were second round picks. You know. And Shady's had, I think, like 6,000-yard seasons. But what he was really ahead of his time is he's a great – he's like a poor man's Marshall Falk, like in his prime, because he was a, he could catch the ball really well. He was great in the passing game. You would think – if you follow a lot of fantasy people on Twitter, whenever there's an addition, you think a player just had a season-ending injury, because like, this, is this a career-ender for Damian Williams? Like everyone was saying that. I'm like, what happened to – oh, they just signed Shady? Like that's – no, Damian Williams is going to play a lot. It's just because you add another guy, you know, because fantasy people freak whenever there becomes competition for a guy's touches. It's like, yeah, they're not going to play. Shady's not going to play 400 snaps or, I mean, 400 touches a year. They just, he's a good player. He'll help them. There's a lot would, of touches there, too. Yeah, would they, guy, would they, they do kind of have a need. You know, they cut that guy, Kareem Hunt, last year. Now they drafted a guy. They have Shady, and you have Damian. Like, you need three or four running backs. That's smart. Andy likes him. I I think that's a nice little signing. I'm pretty fired up about that one. 
actually. Me too. Me yeah. too. Uh, Miles Jack extended, little Pac-12. Miles Jack extended. Isn't it I mean, kind of was... great? Think about the two guys, the two linebackers that we thought, like, oh, Miles Jack and uh, Jalen Smith. Yep, exactly. So you just – you never know with these injuries. Uh, Brian Hoyer's on the Colts now. Well, I, I think before that, because clearly once Brian Hoyer got cut, I think most people were thinking like, okay, he's going to – I mean, Indy. This, oh, you think this is more of a Jared Stidham conversation? Well, I, I – I, the most – I tweeted this, the most unemotional coach in the history of America. When you are in Super Bowl win or bust, like that's, that's the only thing the Patriots get credit for now. Like I don't even think in our lifetime we've ever seen something quite on that level. Like losing in the Super Bowl is devastating to them. Right, it's just they if they don't win the Super Bowl, kind of like Alabama. You see it often in college sports, uh, especially in college football, where like the only thing that's going to be a positive for for Clemson or Alabama this year is a is a national championship. Like Georgia can't even say that. If Georgia makes the playoffs, that's a successful year. You know, I I got news for you, Georgia. I think you've won like one national championship in like fifty years. Getting the playoffs means something, but for Alabama, Clemson, natty or bust. The only NFL team that can say. Super Bowl or bust is New England. Well, they do have a 42-year-old quarterback who just, I don't know if you see him on Instagram, he just won't stop tweeting about TB12 because uh, I get, I think they just built some new center. Mm. Well, if he did go down for a couple games, you clearly can win games with Brian Hoyer. They have before. The Texans went 9-7 and with them. Jared Sidham, there is a huge risk, right, that I get he's really good and they like him in practice, but... Are we sure we could win a regular season game in like October, late October? If you're Belichick, it clearly well, he thinks that or doesn't well, care. You, what you got me thinking now is like, is Jarrett Stidham getting traded for a second round pick in two years? Because he had the I mean, best preseason of any rookie quarterback under Belichick in the last decade, better than Garoppolo. He was sixty. He was sixty eight percent completion, seven hundred thirty one yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Damn. So I I think they like him. <laughs> well, just a talent standpoint, I get it. Like Bill's like better arm, better athlete. I understand it. But if you were in Super Bowl mode, and I get he's got unlimited equity. Belichick could do basically anything on the roster beside cut Tom Brady, and no one even questions it. Like he could cut like June Edelman, see ya, and people would be like, well, it's just time, you know. Julian's getting old. <laughs> I, I I do think this is kind of ballsy. Yeah. I mean, the guy, this guy struggled at Auburn. He didn't have Bill Belichick coaching him. No, or Josh, or yeah. being around Tom. Tom's seen a lot of backup quarterbacks in those days. Yes. Well, I'm just going through this list. I like, closed it out, but it was like, remember Ryan Mallett? Yep. Jimmy. And, and if you think Jacoby. about it, like, Jimmy took up a lot of period of time. He was one of the longer ones. Uh, Castle. It, it's, it's a good spot to be. Someone... You see how much Hoyer got? He got nine million guaranteed. Did he really? I did he, not see that. Holy shit! He's made some cash, guy. Um. Uh, okay. Go anything ahead. Anything else? Uh, you kind of mentioned Dolphins going hinky. You know, how Greg much, Robinson cut and resigned. Do you know how much dead cap the Dolphins have right now? How much dead cap? Indomican. <laughs> of just players not on their roster of just cash that's dead that they can't use. Of the $188 million uh, salary How much? Cap. No. $51 million. To who? I, just and, a lot of people over the years, I think. Is Indomitian still getting 
Why is he I still think, counting? I think like when you when you trade a Laramie Tunzel, a guy that you drafted in the top oh, ten, right, or even right. a Kenny Stills that they paid a lot of money, you incur some costs. You pay the bonus. Like that bonus is on you. That's why a lot of people, like when you trade Khalil Mack, your his contract, like he was going into his fifth year option. You've paid that four year deal, and he hasn't signed the fifth year tender or whatever yet, so you didn't owe him any money. When you trade. Laramie Tunzel, who still has two years left, or even Kenny Stills, which I think Kenny Stills got like a twenty-five or thirty million dollars signing bonus back when the Dolphins broke him off. Like that costs you money. Cut Sue, you do shit like that. The Dolphins are a disaster, guy. I'm trying to find who else is on there. Zach, Tom- they still Zach Thomas. Is he getting money? Yeah, the Jason Taylor. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dante Culpepper. Remember he- they had him for a minute. That's right. Chad Peddington played a couple snaps for him. Cap number cap, dead cap. So, you see Patrick Laird made the team, by the way? I don't know who Patrick Laird is. The running back from Cal last year? A little special teamer? Gotta be. They're going to be terrible, guy. Is it crazy to think, if you had to put $100, who's going to finish? Who do you have more confidence going to be shittier? Arizona or Miami? Miami. Uh, uh, I see. I think Fitzpatrick is serviceable enough where he can win you a couple games. Okay. Let's say. Did you see, the, did you the, see the, Kyler on the sideline? God, he looks tiny. I know. Well, I did. I was thinking Kyler. Like that is the highest level version of when you go back to high school for like your first Friday game. <laughs> like when when you when you're in college and you're like a guy that's not even like the starting quarterback, but you get to wear your hoodie. Like yeah, you go back to high school on a Friday night because your team plays. Like that was like the high level version of that. That's the high highest of the high. Cause okay, so because you flew there privately because you just put fifty million bucks or whatever, and you won the Heisman, and everyone's blowing you. Like they showed him walking under the tunnel for to go out for the game, and obviously like all the boosters are lined up in the tunnel with their kids. So what does he do every single step? A kid he takes a selfie with, and right. he smiles. Yeah, I was like, okay, give Kyler some credit. So, Indomitian Sue is thirteen million dead cap this year for the uh, Dolphins. TJ McDonald is four point six. They just cut him, guy. But neither of those is the highest. Uh, offense or defense? Offense. When you, when I say it, you'll go. Oh yeah. Duh. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Eighteen million. Eighteen point four million dead cap. Dead money. Guy, the contracts. Love the guy. Uh. Friend, even though I haven't really talked to him at all lately, but Mike Tannenbaum. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, before we get to the Niners and the Raiders, John, let's tell the people about Roman. GetRoman.com slash ham to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. As we know, I think we do. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Knee injury, bad back, something worse. Always more comfortable just uh, rubbing some dirt on it. So uh, the same can be true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. And I know people take forever because I've taken uh, a year and a half just to get a new prescription in my contacts. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get to chat online with a doctor. Yep, guy, with Roman, you get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from comfort and privacy of your own home. Because that's definitely something that, you know, it's hard to tell someone about. But, guy, that's why Roman exists. You can handle everything online in a convenient, 
discreet manner. You don't want to go bragging about it. Like, hey, guy, I can't get it up. It's just so much easier to go online. It happens. We're men. We got issues. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash ham. Complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that the treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered, guy, in a discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Think about that. Free two-day shipping. Guys, go to talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out with Roman. It's easy to connect with a doctor, guy. Yeah, I put every doctor visit, no matter how innocuous, uh, on the back burner forever. Dental cleanings, contact contact replacements, all that stuff. This one is easy. This is the hardest one, John, and it's easy. GetRoman.com slash ham to get a free online visit, free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash ham for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash ham. All right. um, Niners, Raiders, roster decisions. I mean, look, I, I just look at the Niners weekend like this. Their odds get tougher. I saw Peter King put out his his playoff teams in the NFC East and NFC West. Here's what I know about the Niners from the weekend. Jarek McKinnon, not that I was counting on him, done. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, now in the division. Um, that makes life harder, not easier. I don't feel, as we sit here Monday, September 2nd, I do not. When I see Peter King and I see his six teams and I see the Niners are one of the playoff teams, I go, does not feel right to me. No, I, and you and I probably in the summer and definitely in the spring, we're like, this is the year they can be a playoff team. I do not feel confident right now. I, I would not expect them to be in the playoffs at all. Uh, now, I'm I'm not going to change my tune like Kyle and John are getting crushed for it. If we have a 7-9 and nine season, it's fucking on like Donkey Kong around here because that's not acceptable after you've had three years. It's just not. You've had three years to build this guy, boy. You have your quarterback, and – for us to be as, as the least amount of confident, I don't know if I could be any less confident for a team that does have a bunch of now kind of premium players. They've had some premium draft picks. They have a quarterback who's healthy. They have a coach who's pretty dynamic as a play caller. And I, I don't even feel confident they're going to win this weekend against a team. I think Tampa sucks. Their offensive line stinks. Their quarterback is a major wild card. Now their coach is good. But I would imagine if you and me and we got Bruce and we just had we poured him a stiff whiskey drink, he would destroy the team. Just how soft they are, how much work Jameis needs, how far away they are, probably how much more equipped when he showed up to Arizona, and partly because he got Carson. Like this, he's like, God, Jameis is a big time work in progress for a guy that's been in the league five years. Like this, this would be a bad loss. Like we got two Bay Area games this week, and they're both pickums. Raiders losing to Denver, to me, is not a bad loss, probably, because I think Denver might be decent. Losing at Tampa, uh, just because I think the team stinks. And I get week one's weird. And I I also think another curveball with week one's, when you get these West Coast teams, like the Rams and the Niners are playing Carolina and Tampa. It's so humid and hot out there. On the road. On the road. It's just... It's tough, and we remember the Raiders had that stat forever playing the East Coast time zone. They hadn't won a game in like 10 years. That was like when me and you were doing radio. Like It's just if you're not just a playoff team, those games, you're at a massive disadvantage. And the Niners right now are not a playoff team despite how many people want to pick them to go to the playoffs. I mean, last year everyone picked them to go to the playoffs. They won four games. Now they're quarterback towards ACL, but like, do you feel good about this week in Tampa? I'm sure we'll get a little deeper into this game, but like, when you start looking at DraftKings, every time I see a the Buck, I'm like, huh? Kind of like OJ Howard, who's covered <laughs> right. O- right? Right. It's just, I, I feel more confident there than I do like the Denver Broncos now. Partly because I think the Broncos' offense stinks, but 
But I'm like, God, Jameis, I bet he could throw some touchdowns. God, I think Mike Evans. Now, Mike's been hurt. Uh, I think he's, he's back at practice. Injury. But yeah, I mean, he's going to play, obviously. I just, is he 100%? Maybe he is. Maybe Aaron's been holding him out. Like, if I told you O.J. Howard had seven catches for 80 yards, two touchdowns, doesn't that – you could see that, right? Are you are you hinting at a DraftKings player? Is that what you're saying right there? Yeah, but I but I also think I, whenever I do that, that guy ends up with, like, negative three catches. <laughs> so it's like they don't even target him. Yeah, I mean, I – um, This is a big – but I, I at the end of the day, guy, when your first two games are Tampa and Cincinnati and then your schedule goes from, like, teams like Pittsburgh and Cleveland – if the Niners are going to make the playoffs, do you agree with this statement? They win this game. When you just look at how hard their schedule is now, how hard their division is, uh, like this is a game that you probably got to win. Yeah, I, especially will, when I tell you, more than likely Tampa's probably a five or six win team. Yeah, well, that's that's now if Tampa's team. a playoff team, then the loss wouldn't look as bad. But I think it's fair to say Tampa probably is going to be well under five hundred at the end of the day, even though we love the coach. Bar- Barrows unrelated. Barrows had tweeted that the Niners were looking, trying to get a mid round pick. For either C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins, um, I, I had an argument. That didn't, that not didn't an, happen. Not, a, a healthy discussion with someone with the Niners because I've been crushing them, and I wrote about it, talked about it. Like you know, the one thing I'll disagree with you on is that the reason we kept three quarterbacks is because they have value. And I said, well, that's I think where we disagree. Because I understand keeping three quarterbacks. Like, if the Patriots just would have kept Hoyer. It's like, well, yeah, they just drafted this guy in the third or fourth round. Maybe it was the fifth round. Whatever. He's not ready, so they need a backup plan. They're in playoff mode. I get it. I I, I don't think they have any value. Who in their fucking right mind is trading a mid-round pick for C.J. Beathard? You draft him <laughs> in the third round, he can't beat out an undrafted free agent. And here's the other thing. I know you don't want to trade Nick Mullins. So... It's really C.J. Beathard. No, to me, guy, is anyone trading a seventh rounder for Nick Mullins? And then you get yesterday when the curveball comes in, Hoyer's cut. You're like, God, you thought you had any sliver of value for C.J. Beathard. You can kick that right down the curb, right? Yeah, it might have been they were calling the Colts. I, uh, you know, it, and this is, and you would know better than me, but players are often worth more to their own team than they are to somebody else's team. But don't expect for a second somebody, like, don't get mad when someone doesn't value Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard as much. I'm not, I'm not saying anyone's mad. But don't be surprised when people don't value C.J. Beathard as much as you do. But, but I also think, guy, that John Lynch even said, yeah, the stats look pretty ugly, but we believe in, like, they're even saying, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Like, yeah, because we're talking about toughness kind of and leadership, John. We're talking about toughness and leadership. Is, is it Kyle that thinks he's worth something? Because I got news for you, Kyle. No one fucking wants him. Nobody does. Well, and then the sh- and then the shitty teams like a team like the Bengals or Dolphins, they're not given a late pick for a guy. Like they don't even care. They don't even mind losing. So half like there's a percentage of the crappy teams that like yeah we don't even care who our backup is. And then the good teams, you see the Eagles what they do with Josh McCown. He was a high school coach. <laughs> he was he retired. He's gonna be a high school coach. They're gonna fly him down. Like part of the, or whether he's going to fly or they're going to pay he didn't for the leave the He didn't want to leave the kids high and dry? Yeah, he, he is going to fly every Friday night. He's like he Tom Morris, De, uh, uh, Dennis Quaid from uh, The Rookie. Think about that guy every night. But, it's like Herb Street. That's what Herb Street does. He flies home. Last year he was. Who would you rather so, have, jo- Josh McCown or Josh McCown. So they play on – so Friday's what, – what's Friday's like football schedule usually? Like early morning meetings or something? Well, I mean, kids go to class. No, no, no. The NFL. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think Friday is a pretty normal day. You're probably out of there by like three or four. 
I don't know where he's going. Like North Carolina, I don't know. I, I I don't see. I haven't read enough into it. I don't know how logistically it's going to work. Because like, hey, what if Josh? Hey, I need you to stay here. We got to work on something. Yeah, you know, we're paying you. I don't know three million dollars. I don't know how much. Uh, you know, South Carolina high school of the canyons is paying you but i'll promise you one thing if i'm jeffrey lurie i'm paying you more well and we need you he was the east texas where is this miles park high school he'll be on the sidelines every friday night uh in charlotte so that's charlotte makes it easy right i bet a private jet from charlotte to philly maybe two hours but still there is some like you got to drive to the hangar you got to then get picked up at the hangar you got to get to the field You're, you're probably going to need a couple hours. <laughs> but, I mean, 7 o'clock kickoff, I bet if he leaves Philly at 3, he could make it. But what if there's just a day when you he can't less. leave at 3? Maybe you go copter? You think they go copter? And then, you, and then you what about that thing they call the Saturday walkthrough? Like, then you come he's back. He's going to be like, back Saturday morning. So he's going to get up at the crack of dawn? He's going to be maybe, worn out? Yeah, or maybe he flies after the game. Last year, Herb Street used to go to the site of the game, and the pre, I mean, site of the pregame, Friday would fly to Nashville, watch his kids' games Friday night, fly back. John, he's on the air at 6 a.m. Pacific. Herb Street talks for a living, though. This guy might have to play an NFL game at quarterback. Yeah, but he might not. <laughs> but but you'd say with yeah, this but what, team, there's a decent you're right. chance. If Carson gets hurt week three, is he keeping this up? He can't then. Then it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's the other kicker. Um, Herb Street, to me, is always kind of like flown. And part of it, and anyone, the rich people will tell you, playing private's like, dry. it's not that hard. It's pretty But there's easy. just a simple math of you're, yeah, you're, time. you got to get, yeah. like, the, the football games are at 7 o'clock at night, and he's, and he's working by 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturday somewhere else. Well, here's the other thing I'd ask. Well, how much time are you putting in the week to, like, game plan for the high school team? How do you have this much time? I would imagine not much. Okay. There's no way. Like, he's, he is not, like, his OC is taking care of that. He's got to be. If to you me, walk in and if if they walk into the quarterback meeting and like he you know when you're were you if you ever had an office job and you're like photocopy it you're like printing out like airplane tickets for your vacation that weekend before anyone else is in on the company printer if they walk into the QB room and he's breaking down film of like Plano High Charlotte East then you see Doug like what are you doing they turn the film on and he forgot to like take his film out uh, oh man yeah. I... On a one just wing scale, this week. <clears throat> on a one to ten scale, what do you put CJ Beathard's value as? Well, let's just put it. The, the NFL has rounds, so let's say what would it be like? One you wouldn't seven. take a seventh rounder for him, right? Why? Why not? Well, I mean, well, I'm just saying, like bad. Kyle Shannon, like they value him too much to trade him for a seventh. Like to me, the only way they would trade him is if like he's at the yard sale, and it's one of the things that's not on sale, but someone makes you a an offer that you can't refuse. But are you with me? His value is basically zero. Like, I, I can't see any team around the league liking him. Well, especially right now, when there's, like, just go, whatever, I'll just sign Cody Kessler. Yeah, or Kevin Hogan, I'm not giving you a fifth my or a fourth sixth. Quarterback. Be, and it doesn't exactly. even matter. Because the bottom line is, there's two kinds of quarterbacks. Two types of backup quarterbacks, right? And there's not enough, there's not 32 of these guys. Two types. One, uh, I can survive three weeks with you if I'm a if I'm a if I think I'm a playoff level team I can survive a month with you and I can't like can I go three and one with you no so like there's only two types of guys and then there's the teams that are like well if we're on this guy we're probably screwed you put any stock into Melvin Gordon firing following everyone on the Niners yeah Melvin is bad at being an agent and a GM not bad at being an agent he's a bad GM 
if you had to guess the best offer the Niners would make to the Chargers for Melvin Gordon, what would they offer? Well, let's see. A team that doesn't think they thinks they can plug and play running backs? Yes, like, I don't care that Jerick McKinnon. But here would be the other thing. Why no. would I give you a pick when he's not going to show up? Because like, we're not going to pay him. Yeah, are you going to pay half like Bob has to, too? He's going to pay se- He's paying seven million. Like, Jadavion's going to play this year, right? How did that happen? How, how did he pay half? Josh Donaldson guy is having a sneaky, massive year. He is. Uh, by the way, on the Niners, you'll like this. So I was talking to a guy who played in the NFL, okay, for really good organizations and has since, like, coached with a number of organizations. Jason Garrett? No. He told me that the 49ers coaching staff is the best coaching staff, like, on the whiteboard he's ever been around. Now, he's like, now, look, that's not bleeding a team. That's not motivating players. That's not picking players. That's not draft value. But that coaching staff is the best coaching staff on the whiteboard I've ever seen. And I'm just How telling you, you got to trust me that he's a high-level guy who's played for high-level coaches. Okay, I think I, I think I can put the piece. I know who. Okay, he's yeah. he, like he's just gone there to, to yeah, learn. Been, been around a number. Yep, been around a number, just gone and learned with a number. Of, but 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 I would say like that's that's cool. I mean that's strong. But I would say most people kind of talk about him like that. Yeah. Right? Well, but he, he wasn't like saying like it means they're going to win. He's like that's different than leading a team. Yeah. Or I don't think sure anyone disputes that Kyle. And, like, his three little minions that kind of look like me and you combined aren't, like, super geniuses with a pen in their hand on a whiteboard with fucking Kittle, McGlinchey, and Jimmy looking at them, right? Like, I just, those get guys wide open. Like, they can do that till the cows come home. I, if anything, that's, like, the one thing that's holding where you can't really, like, this sucks. You're like, I think these guys are geniuses. Well, it's time to start, and that's where I get to this game and this season where I do think Peter King would say, listen, Peter King's probably talking to 50 guys like that, right? Of just other coaches. Like, hey, I've been around Kyle. I've been around Little McDaniels and all of some of his minions. And, like, these guys are sharp. Even the guy that said, which the quote pisses me off, when you say our offense makes quarterbacks, not the other way around. Like, mm-hmm. this is the NFL, buddy. Uh, <laughs> ask any coach ever worth their salt, from Pat Riley to Belichick. For the most part, good players make coaches in all sports. And a combination. I'm not saying. Doesn't it feel like, no though, matter. in 2019, if there's a – position that co- more coaches are making than ever it, it is kind of feels like it's quarterback yeah but did you see coward had a tweet like a half into the saturday morning he's like it's remarkable you just flip around the games the how well coaches or i mean quarterbacks high school quarterbacks because so many true freshmen and redshirt freshmen are now starting all over college football that you see like 18 and 19 year olds like you just flip on nebraska true sophomore all these guys mm. And just he's, his quote was like, how ready all these kids are. And it kind of makes sense, right, from the, all these camps but, and all the shit they do. Yeah. See, I kind of think it's a, that's a result of coaches co- having offenses that are more simplified, that are more made for players to immediately just make plays. Maybe. Not maybe. I don't know if they're easier. I'm not saying that. But just the coaches are almost making, helping them make the decisions ahead of time. Yeah, because you know, more air, just more me. air raid offenses. Would, just would more you say stuff is, like, it, would you consider air raid check with me, where the quarterback looks over and gets the call? Is that what Leach does? No, Leach gives him a play, and then it's the quarterback. The quarterback can change the play at the line. The thing is, there's like eight plays, but the quarterback <laughs> Leach actually. Plays. There was a great thing in the Athletic the other day about yeah, why do you think it takes two days to install it? Um, how, do, how do they? 
run all over people if they only have eight plays? How can people not stop the eight plays? Well, other than Washington, I mean, ask like, did you watch SC? Like, guys are just open all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, just throwing a spe- you're just getting guys into a spot. Like, if you read the Mike Lee, what was, was the score Mike of the Leach. game you called? Fifty-eight to three, seven. When was the seven? Uh, running back fumbled at the two. The quarterback picked it up and scored. Well, like late in the game or early? no? No, early. New Mexico State actually has a solid quarterback. Okay. You just get you just make a few mistakes and Washington State runs away from you. Packed house, a good crowd. A few uh, you know students are out of town a little bit this weekend, but who do they crowd. play this week? Northern Colorado. God, I mean, Leach but John. Here, so their quarterback had no offers coming out of high school. Goes to a junior college is going to gray shirt. Goes to Washington State after one year at JC. Sits for three years. Comes out goes twenty two or twenty three for three thirty and five touchdowns in the first half on Saturday. Now it's New Mexico State, but. Yeah, I, I mean, 22 I'm just saying, like, I think part right. of what's happening is like, I think the coaches are creating. I think there's more and more coaches. It's not all right, pro style. Here's the 17 things you have to look for before every snap. Well, to me, then it just speaks like, okay, these guys are a high, high. I mean, we're talking about these guys as they're as good as it gets. Like, it's time to win then, because if you're that big of a fucking genius, you eventually figure it out. Yeah, you, you just do. And that's where I'm going to be cool, and you're always being like, how it looks. Like, I'm done with how it looks. Like, it should start looking good. Well, here's the thing. If Jimmy's healthy, it can't look good and be good. If it looks good, it should be good. Yeah, you should be able to win nine, ten games, because that's what good coaches do. They just win. That's the great part about football. Yeah, look, I I think after watching the preseason, it can't look good and – be like moral victory but the record's bad i don't think it can after watching well, especially like week one i saw uh mayoko wrote the players that he thought were going to be inactive this week and bosa mm-hmm. wasn't one of them so he thinks that bosa is going to play and obviously if, if bosa plays and d ford plays with buckner and all these cats so you got the defensive line and you got jimmy like you, this is a big fucking game yeah. honestly the two of the i mean I, I don't know if the raiders broncos that big of a game but the niners because if the Niners are losing to Tampa, I, I ain't talking about them like a playoff team. It's just that simple. Yeah. Now, maybe they'll earn it later in the season. When right. But in terms them, of the first yeah. week's reaction, absolutely. No, I think you've been saying that for a while, and, and you've convinced me on that. Mainly because I've watched Tampa a couple times in the preseason, and I think they stink, guy. Okay? Because their offensive line is atrocious. All right. Uh, Raiders. Uh, everyone who got Twitter was really upset about Keelan Doss getting cut, John. I, you know what? The first alert that I had that there was trouble – was uh, not that we watched the Packer game, but when I watched Hard Knocks of the Packer game, and it's late in the game, and Gruden's like, let's get Doss in there. I'm like, well, if you're coming into the game in the fourth quarter, it's not a great sign for your odds of making the roster, right? No. Of that of that game. Of that game. A hole-in-the-field game. That's a disaster. Uh, Hard Knocks did hype him up. I, I, I think that... <clears throat> At the end of the day, Doss made the right decision for going to Jacksonville because once you get cut and they, the Raiders wanted to bring him back on the practice squad, it's like, well, it's one thing if you get cut and they kept five receivers. They get, He got cut and they kept six receivers. So you go, God, I was the seventh man out. Oh. That means one of those five, six receivers is not going to be active on game day. So you look at it like I'm way behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. So even if one guy gets hurt, let's say Renfro breaks his leg, 
and they elevate J.J. Nelson or vice versa, Renfro's down week one, he'd be the next guy up, and maybe they'd bring me up if they place one of those guys on IR, but I'm still not playing on game day. Where Jacksonville, you just look at their roster, you go, God, the weakest one of the weakest position groups in the league, you'd go, it would be Jacksonville's wide receivers. So you go, yeah, I'll go on the practice squad there, and then I'm probably just an injury away from maybe playing. I actually think it was good job by him and his agent to go there and do that. And yeah, you're right. A lot of people are freaking out. I got news for you. Like undrafted free agents get cut. Like, I, not that big a deal. Well, it shows how hard it is to make an NFL. I mean, it's it's hard well, to make an NFL roster. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I was texting with a buddy, and he's like, the thing about wide receivers. Jeff Wilson Jr. got the same treatment. Like, how could they not keep Jeff? And he goes unclaimed. Because wide receivers and running backs, there are a large amount that come into the league every year. And then if you're not a starter, and on most teams, an undrafted free agent, there's zero chance of him starting a game. What does he have to do? He has to not, if he's not going to be a return guy, he's got to cover kicks. That means play gunner, you know? And on kickoff, chase the ball. Keelan Doss probably ain't doing that. Like, how did a Hall of Famer Terrell Davis make a name for himself with Mike Shanahan? He fucking destroyed a guy on a kickoff or punt. I think it was a kick in a in a j- game in Japan in like the third preseason game, where even I was watching his football life over the summer, and he's like the craziest part was I thought I wasn't gonna play, so I had two hot dogs at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I'm a sucker for a hot dog. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Sanchez that got caught eating a hot dog in the sideline? Yeah, but he was at least a starter. I don't think it's that big a deal. The, uh, the other the other big stink was they kept four quarterbacks. Well, it turns right. out today... Well, they signed Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. They, they claimed Deshaun Kaiser that Peterman's going on IR with an elbow injury. And to me, that feels like, listen, Nathan, I love you. I'm John Gruden. I might be one of the only guys in the league that loves you. We'll fake your injury. You'll go on into reserve, and we'll work with you all offseason. Right. Maybe resurrect your career. I think that, it's a good deal. Yeah, smart move by Peterman. We'll pay you two hundred and fifty grand, half your salary, to be on IR. You get to just hang out around here. Now, is it a good sign for Derek that he needs this third quarterback on the roster, or is it the same deal I, with the Niners? I don't. Just I don't think it has. I think it, I don't think it has anything to do with Derek. I don't. I don't necessarily think so either. Because I saw a lot of people tweeting when you keep doing this, you're unsure about the one. I'm like, eh, I don't really know if that's the case here. Because Derek is dramatically better than all these guys. Because uh, I had a buddy yesterday text me and go, you know how what Vic said about Drew Locke? Like, yeah, he ain't even close. Like, he doesn't yeah. know what the fuck's going on. He's just a fastball pitcher. And this guy said that that quote sums up Kaiser perfectly. Like, he has one of the strongest arms in the league, has no clue where it's going or what he's doing. So, I think Gruden just looks like he's like a raw product to work with. Which, I understand. Here's my issue is no one in the NFL views Gruden as a quarterback whisperer right now. So, like, just how does he create value for any of these guys? Because Glennon has none, and I think most people think Kaiser stinks. I, I think it's going to be more difficult for him ever to pull, like, the old-school Packers where they were, or even early Andy and Philly where they were always flipping quarterbacks. Right. How do you prove to people that, like, this guy's good now? Well, you're, you're also – these are guys that people – other people – these aren't drafted quarterbacks that you drafted. These are quarterbacks that everyone has seen plenty of. Yeah, like that's, multiple teams. Like, if this was some drafted quarterback that you took in the sixth round, different story. Or, or I would say, like, a guy that was just drafted that got cut, like a fifth-round pick, you know, whoever, player X. Like, if Kaiser had been a rookie, 
like let's say Kaiser had been a fourth rounder and he had just gotten cut and you claimed him, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, at this point in time, I actually feel bad for Kaiser and even Peterman is they were just, they might have sucked. Like they might have been destined to not be good enough to play in the pros. But I think anytime you're thrown in and you're clearly not redder, I mean, Kaiser was died for the hinky version of the the Browns, right? When they were when they were passing on all those people, they took him in the second round, and they he I think it was their week one starter that year, and it was a disaster. It's just it's, and do you know who might fall into this category on a higher higher level is Rosen. Like, is that the team you want to be on? No. Well, we thought you know a few people thought when Jim Caldwell was there before he got ill. That it was going to be a good fit for him, but now it doesn't seem like. I mean, it's shitty. It's deal, like bro. they're a young team that's bad, but he's not even the quarterback, so he doesn't even get to like just have time to just go out there and throw the ball over the place, knowing he's going to be the guy. Won't get benched. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic. It's like, what are you, are you guys rebuilding, or are you you tanking, or do you want Clowney? Or but Laramie Tunsil is going to be good if you're good in three years. Like he's still a good player. Like you have any understanding what they want to do? Because I don't. I know. Um, Brandon Marshall cut, so he never plays a snap for the Raiders. Four but linebackers. Yeah, there, that, that shit whatever. happens all the time. Like I, yeah. I really don't even think it was a weird cut on either team. I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I'm pretty excited for this game just because I think it's going to be kind of strength on strength here, right? The the Raiders offense, the Broncos defense. Not to get too, not to get into the game, but well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I mean, Antonio Brown. We're finally going to see him on the field. Like, is there a chance that Antonio Brown and Derek are just sweet? It can't be disputed. You know, it can't be just discounted. Yeah, that chance exists. Like, he just has, like, eight catches for 140 yards and a couple tugs on Monday night? Because they're they're corners. Chris Harris is just good. But Roby's long gone. Uh, 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 Tlaib's long gone. They're they're front sweet. But I'm – like, I've seen everything. Except both, I guess, in a game. But I, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to, just football-wise, one of the just storylines is like, what does Antonio Brown look like? Is this, are, they, are they just on... Wouldn't you expect the first play of the game to go to Antonio Brown? If you're Gruden? Yeah. Maybe just a yeah. deep shot to him? Yeah, why not? Or definitely early, like in the first series. Maybe you run it on the first play, but... <laughs> Second play. What what weekend do you think is better? Week one NFL Thursday to Monday or college football? The true one that just, that just happened. Uh, college is a little more dependent on like what games are scheduled. Yeah, I think now it's easy to say this because we just had it. We haven't had the NFL one yet. I t- the the college one is just kind of f- more fun to me in terms of just like what it's what surrounds it. Um, but the the NFL one just might be bigger. Well, someone asked me yesterday, like, what do you like more, college football or the NFL? And I think if you're really breaking it down, what the NFL does not have the college has is the ambiance, the the atmosphere. It's just games right. are special. What the NFL has, the college doesn't go – the football is just better. I mean, it's just – it's the pros. Faster, well, there's a chance stars. that every game is good. Yeah, and just – but it's just every fucking play just looks like the SEC. You know, the speed, the – it's just a different level. I mean, it's the NFL. No, better so, than the SEC because Florida's in the SEC, and I just watched their quarterback last Yeah, season. Tennessee's in the SEC. Also Georgia, yeah, it's just it's way better in the SEC. I mean, it's the National Football League. So the football's better. Now, if I got Oregon-Auburn 
10 times a weekend in college, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd call them equals. But I don't get that. I get one. Like I Now, I enjoy Ohio or, or uh, Okie State, Oregon State, but the game's not close. I love the – like, to me, I rarely watch NFL Bills Jets pregame. Good. I almost never watch NFL pregame. Yeah. Like, I watch college pregame. Like, the build-up to college games is part of the fun for me. The build-up to NFL games is not really part of the fun I, for me. 100, I don't even care what they're saying. I just uh, turn the, the TV on at 10 a.m. The only thing I care about would be, like, in or out, guys. Like sure. Th- that, to me, that would be, would you say, the biggest difference between college and the pros are the in and out guys? Like, it's not just because the way I think gambling's talked about and just yeah. one player and their star players and so many guys are just hurt in the NFL, in or right, out. Right, right. Although, like, like, Oregon, when I found out that I didn't know Juwan Johnson wasn't going to play until right before the game. Who's Juwan Johnson? Their tr- this transfer from Penn State who was, like, going to be one of their – maybe their best receiver this year. Didn't play. Got hurt. In practice? Yeah, calf. I don't know when it happened, how it happened. And that's part of it because if you just follow a conference closer, there probably is a lot of ins and outs for like, there, I don't, yeah, I don't know the guy. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who the Penn State out guy is. Right, you know? right. We're yeah. in the NFL. You're like, fuck, Julio's out. I got to change my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. Know? Or, exactly. God, is uh, Mariota going to play this game? It's just, it is part of just, it's just pros. They're stars. I'm just, John, I'm just thankful that we're going to get to Monday and it's not going to be in or out Antonio Brown. Like, it's just, 100%. I don't think we'll get there. He's in. Would you uh, who hmm. see to me the Raiders could win this game and it doesn't like I don't know if we'll learn that much about them because as you see the schedule so crazy I mean their schedule so hard they play the Chiefs next week I do think we'll probably learn more about because I, I do think the Raiders probably going to be good on offense I think we'll learn something about the Niners more yeah. probably than the Raiders you're also playing at home place gonna be nuts late at night like this is, you're on the road it's humid as shit. You're playing a shitty team. Like, it's Raiders-Broncos, like, one of the historic rivalries. Like, it's going to be a – in theory, it should be a pretty good game. Joe I, Flacco, John, Super Bowl winner. I, I have – Build like it I, up. I, I, can, I can close my eyes and kind of picture what Raiders-Broncos could look like. I have no clue on Raiders-Tampa. No. Well, to me, Niners-Tampa, it, it's more likely that that game is 24-10 either way. Than Raiders Broncos. Yeah. Well, couldn't you see it be like to me? There's not the Broncos are not going to be up twenty four to ten on the Raiders. The Raiders could be up twenty four to ten on them. Yeah. They hit a couple deep shots. I just don't think the Broncos offense can do much. Yeah. I I don't see like couldn't you see like twenty nothing halftime score Tampa Niners one way or the other? Like honestly, if you told me the Bucks were up twenty nothing at half from the Niners, like I I could see that. Couldn't you? James yeah. I mean, look, bombs. people think we. The, the the fact is the Niners playing a bunch of good football games in one year is further removed. We're further removed from that than we are from the Raiders playing a bunch of good football games. Like every week just being playing good football games. Jack Del Rio just pumped his fist. That's right. Playoffs, baby. All right. On that note, have a good couple Adios, days. Palota. Talk to you soon. DraftKings, go sign up. Yeah. Roman.com slash ham if you got a little ED. Uh, mybookie.ag promo code that's the one you don't have to share with your friends we understand yeah keep quiet we don't need to brag about that one online and uh, ease.com and easewellness.com promo code ham tell your friends All right. you don't have to tell your friends about Roman we we can keep that's our secret we'll just in this circle of trust here we're in the trust tree we're in the tree with. I thought we are in the tree with the find yourself wondering what is her what kind of panties is she wearing (laughs) All right. later later Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. 
we're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.